Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Let's all stand today. I want to go to God in our text here and read certain things that I hope that I can uh, convey what God has laid on my heart. I want to ask us to turn to Amos chapter 6. Amos chapter 6, we're going to read 1 through 7. Praise God. If you're there, say, I got it. I got it. All right, one person. Praise God. Amos chapter 6, looking at verse 1. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. Pass ye unto Calna, and see from thence go ye to Hamath the great. Then go down to Gath the Philistines. Be they better than these kingdoms? Or their borders greater than your borders? Ye that put far away the evil day and cause the seat of violence to come near, that lie upon beds of ivory and stretch themselves upon their couches and eat the lambs out of the flock and the calves out of the mists of the wall, that chant to the sound of the vial and invent to themselves instruments of music like David, that drink wine in, bowl, in bowls and anoint themselves with the chief ointment but they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Therefore now shall they go captive with the first that go captive and the banquet of them that stretch themselves shall be removed. Today I want to just preach uh, the, uh, a word that God had laid on me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm going to preach to myself today, and you can just be onlookers. Uh, if, if anybody leaves his house uh, with a word on their heart in life, it's going to be your pastor. So uh, I, this word came to me in my personal time of prayer and devotion, and it gripped me, and, and, it, and I, it's things I need to work on. And so I'm going to share what God gave me and give you a little insight to my heart today, if that's all right. I want to ask us if we could just pause and take a moment. We're going to go to God in prayer and pray that God touches our lives and our hearts. If you would bow with me one more time. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time, God. Lord, I pray help me today. I'm, I'm waited by your word. I'm waited by your spirit right now, God. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I do not I do not, Lord, uh, uh, God, I do not feel competent, Lord, enough to grace your holy desk. I don't feel competent enough right now to preach your holy word. I need your help, Lord. In my weakness, God, be strong. Help me today. Strengthen me, God, as I preach your word. Help me, God, Lord, convey what you're crushing me with, God. Help me, Lord, preach, O Lord, with fervency. Help me preach, O God, in a timely manner. Help me, O Lord, speak as though this is my last day of speaking. God, I, I need you right now. Strengthen me. Strengthen our ears and our hearts today. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. We give you all glory. In your name we pray. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Dear God, we love you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. I am, I'm grateful for my time I get to have with my family. Everybody's that way, I hope. <laughs> I think we just come out of a season and a time where um, 
we got to sit down with a lot of our family members from Christmas, even Thanksgiving, maybe some New Year's gatherings and got to see some old faces and, and got to renew ourselves and relationships and all those things. And sometimes, though, I'll be honest with you, even the holidays are hard because we've lost loved ones and we lost those familiar faces. And sometimes these holidays remind us more, not so much of what we have, but who we lost. And I, 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 I see that and I'm, I recognize these moments. And, but I do want to emphasize on those moments I get to spend with my family. My wife teases me a little bit. I was busy yesterday running around and, and she said, oh man, I wish you had time for me. And so uh, she, she, of course, you know, nudges me a little bit and gets on me and, and I apologize for having such a busy day. But I, I, I'm I want to, to take advantage of the time, especially as a father. I want to take advantage of the time I have with my kids as long as they still like me. Um, sometimes there's going to come a moment where your, your kids don't like you. And uh, for one reason or not, I don't know why I'm the coolest dad ever. So uh, as I remind them daily and... Um, they, they, they know that. They, they're, they're, they're in agreements, agreements in spirit right now. Uh, I, I decided this past kind of break to take advantage of an event going on in town, or I should say out of town. Uh, Florida was having their holiday youth convention, and so I wanted to bring my, my kids and have them be a part. I wanted my, me and my wife to attend as well, but here we are. We're getting set up to go on this trip. And uh, the day before we leave, my wife uh, is not feeling well. She's just coming down with, with some, some illnesses and some things that really traveling is a difficult, uh, you know, endeavor to do. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to lay down my sins right here, right now, before you as a church. I'm going to tell you right now, I hate traveling with my wife. You know that. I, I've maybe mentioned that before, but I, I love my wife, but I hate being in the car with my wife. The, we have gotten to a place where we've had to come to some agreements. Some, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be honest. There's just, there's, there comes that moment where we have to work with each other in order for us to stay together. Um, when I get in the car uh, and I'm driving anywhere, I don't care if it's down to the mailbox, she wants to, for some reason, there's something on the dashboard that she wants to touch. And she wants to massage the dashboard every time I'm in the vehicle with her. I'm not really sure why. I'm completely confused. There could be a car that is breaking down in Mexico. Like a, 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 you see the brake lights. You could barely see it. And she's massaging the, the dashboard. She's making sure it's right in front of her. Every single time we go anywhere, especially when we're going out of state, we have to have a prayer meeting. We have to have a talk. And we have to have a, a place of agreement. It's to the place now that I've asked my wife to sit behind me. And uh, I, I, I wish this was funny because it's, it's the truth. <laughs> she now on long trips sits behind me. And, and my, one of my daughters sits up in the front. And, and it's nice for me because... I make sure she's directly behind me so she doesn't have a really good eye on my speedometer. Um, that's just between me and the Lord and, and the highway, okay, the speedometer. So we are traveling. Unfortunately, my wife wasn't able to make it. So we, we typically like to um, rent a, a vehicle when we go out of state, when we drive a lot uh, for a few reasons. Number one, we drive hoopties. Uh, number two, uh, it's nice just getting into another vehicle. And so I enjoy renting a vehicle. And uh, the newest vehicles that are out there always amaze me. We, we were put into like a, a new Toyota Highlander. And so it had all the whistles, you know, my, as my dad would say, the foobobs and the fweebs. He has all those things, all those cool gadgets. And so what I've noticed on the new rides, and you may have a new ride and have this and not be as in awe as I am, but there's this option now that cruise control has that has this like radar cruise control. You press the button and it has a radar and, a, and it tells you the distance, well, it doesn't tell you, but it keeps a distance between the car in front of you. So if the car, uh, it goes a certain rate of speed. It keeps that same distance. If it slows down, it slows down. It, it's a wonderful thing. 
thing. I'm like, I, I dig this. I just hit this cruise radar option, and here I am, just just holding my steering wheel, just relaxing, you know, no one's yelling at me. My wife actually likes it because it kind of puts me into a, a certain type of uh, uh, handcuffs when I drive, and so she enjoys that feature as well. But here I am on this trip with my girls, and I press it, but I notice something a little bit different. All of a sudden, my wheel began to take over. I was like, what's going, whoa, what's going on here? I noticed as a curve become to come up, the wheel started to turn on itself. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this thing got? I realized that it's, it self-drives. This thing's a wonderful machine. And I, I'm sitting back, I'm like, God's good to me. <laughs> Finally, I don't have to drive anymore. I don't have to be the one responsible of making sure I get from point A to point B. I don't have to worry about my family. I don't have to worry about anybody else anymore. I get to lay back. I get to take it easy. And here I am as I'm on this highway. I, I'm hands off. I'm, I'm feet off. I'm playing with my girls now. I'm just like, hey, what's up? What are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm testing, I'm testing the capabilities. Here we come to a good turn. And I'm just like, okay, let's see what this guy. And it turns itself. And I'm like, oh, that's it. Where's the pillow? Where's the blanket? It's time to get comfortable. It's time to relax. It's, it's time to let go of the wheel and let it drive itself. I remember in this moment, kind of <laughs> another turn came. And I remember the traffic starting to get worse and worse. And I thought, oh, it's got it. But all of a sudden, a little, this, this, this vehicle starts to get a little close to the semi-truck. Now, my wife would have probably, who knows, I probably would not have been back here preaching to you today if she was on that trip. But I get a little bit close for comfort to this truck and I grab that wheel again and I realize, my Lord, how, what could have happened if I was asleep? What could have happened if I truly just trusted in this other thing driving my life? See, I, I want us to understand moving forward today, we all work hard. We all have things that we do in life that we tell ourselves, you deserve rest. You deserve time to slow down and to take it easy. You've earned your paycheck. It's time to enjoy the fruits of it. You've earned a hard working day's wage and you need to relax and rest and take it easy. But I want to I speak to you today that, that we do need moments of rest. But there's a difference between rest and ease. There's a difference in mentality and there's a difference in spirituality between rest and ease. And my, I'm not here to preach against rest today, but I am here to preach against ease. I am here to talk about that moment where uh, you forget, where you lose sight of some things, where you let go too soon and you allow yourself to be put in a place of, I'm just going to sit back and take it easy. Everything I did to get here now, I don't have to work anymore. I want us to understand as I go forward, as I do my best to unveil what I'm trying to preach directly to us, uh, it is something that captivates the church. And that is the title today, the captivity of the church. And I, I want you to feel this today because I hope you understand something. My, the church that I get a say-so, a little say-so in pastoring, I do not want it to be a church that's locked up in captivity. I don't want it to be a church that is that is found under imprisonment. I don't want it to be a church like other churches that are in our own city, that they may have great signs, they may have great steeples, they may have full parking lots, they, they may have all the, 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 the special social media sites and all those things, but unfortunately, they're locked up in captivity and don't have the power of God. Amen. 
Church, I, I'm going to just be real honest with you today. 2022 is going to be different for me. I, I'm not, I am not going to be a church that is going to be cute. I'm not going to be a part of a church that's going to be refined and polished and put in such a way, in a form and a fashion that I'm here to appease, appease a church member. I'm here to appease God Almighty and what he's called me to do and who he's called me to be. I, I, I hope someone's with me today. I get it. I get that church membership's going to be affected. I get church membership. I might step on toes, but I'm, I'm not that church, y'all. If you want to be a part of church who's going to do their best to win people, win the lost, love the broken, feed the needy, clothe the naked, well, welcome to Ephesus Church, but I will not be a church that's locked up in captivity. I will not be a church that sets it in crews and takes it easy. I won't be that person. I won't be that pastor. I won't be that preacher. I ain't going to be that teacher. And I ain't going to be that discipleship maker who tells you it's okay to get your relationship with God to a certain point. <sighs> the devil's a liar. And man, does he want you to just rest and cruise. He wants you just to take it easy. Be relaxed. Oh, he's got no problem with you being here today. He's got no problem with you being on a padded chair today. He's got no problem with you sometimes singing and sometimes worshiping. He's got no problem with you gracing the altar area. But what he's got a problem with is change. He hates it when you leave this place and you, you take this place with you in your heart. You take this place with you in your, in, the, in your lifestyle. You take this place with you in your convictions and your consecration. That's where he has a problem. I don't think you understand. I know the devil is here to steal, kill, and destroy. I get all that, but he's, he's here to do it in degrees of change. He ain't here to always just wreck your world with a life-shattering wreck. That's too easy for him because you go out a martyr. He's not trying to make you a martyr. He's trying to make you a statue on his shelf and said, I stole your relationship with God. I stole your devotion and your dedication. I stole your walk with God. Oh, because someone else died in your life because someone else failed in your life I was able to steal something from you church I, I hope you get me today I hope you're not here just to hear this man preach I hope you're here for God and God alone I'm replaceable God can snap I can die of a brain aneurysm right this moment I can die on my way home I didn't tell my wife I got hit in an accident yesterday I have to bring that up to her today Anything could happen. I got, got rear-ended yesterday. Thank God hardly any damage happened. We shook hands and said, you're okay, I'm okay. Let's just leave. But I, I realized in that moment how life is but a vapor. It's quick. It could happen any time, any moment. You, you're not afforded second chances all the time. We're not afforded this, this exterior of steel and we can live through anything. God could take us at any moment. If we ever get to a place in our walk with God, we press the button, we let go of the wheel. We're, we're, just, we're just sitting back, taking it easy. I'm telling you right now, what we're doing as a church is that we're imprisoning ourselves. One of, one of the hardest, truest phrases we will say, anyone will say here is this, I forgot that was there. You'll say it in a dark room when you take your big toe and insert it into a corner that is unmovable. You will put something maybe in your garage, something that you as heavy and weighty and you'll put it to the side and forget that it's there and you're trying to navigate life in the darkness and you you you, you decide to be you know Pele and you put yourself the greatest goal kick for some reason in your life and you put that toe of yours right right in the middle of that weight you moved the thing that you will say after you're done you know probably crying out loud God help me God, it's gone. My toe's gone. God, oh Lord. Hopefully you're not saying other things. But you will say this. I forgot that was there. I forgot that those things were there. And I want to break that, that phrase down because that is 
the problem with what the church is facing today. Don't forget where God's brought you from. Because what happens with forgetfulness is that forgetfulness breeds ease. And ease breeds captivity. we, We read it in our opening text. We see that Amos is speaking through the spirit of prophecy here. And he's speaking to the people of God. And he, I'm just going to read a few verses, especially verse 1 of chapter 6. He says, Woe to them that are ease in Zion, and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. Jumping down to verse 6, he talks about that drink wine in bowls. They got into a place of such excess that they're not even drinking cups. They're, they're drinking wine out of bowls. And anoint themselves with the chiefest ointments. They put it on them. They, they lather themselves in the greatest things that smell. But he says this, But they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. And because they're not grieved for the affliction of Joseph, therefore now, the Bible says in verse 7, that they shall go captive with the first that go captive. I want us to understand what were the things that Israel forgot. What were the things that they lost sight of? And I just want to really pinpoint the three main things that they lost sight of in the life of Joseph. It was Joseph, and we know his story very well. I'm not going to go over all of it, but we know that Joseph, when he was the most loved of all the brothers, how many have ever felt that way of siblings? I know I do. I know my parents love me more than my sister. I'm not looking at them. I don't have to. I know it's true. I'm their favorite son. Favorite son. Joseph felt that way. He felt that way because he was clothed that way. He was put on a special coat of many colors. Daddy's, daddy's special coat. I love you, son. And these brothers of his, and he had a lot of them. Frustrated. Frustrated, angry with special treatment. Frustrated that he didn't do the dishes the same way the other sister did the dishes. Frustrated that they didn't get to clean the room as much as Joseph got to clean the room. And I'm hitting close to home. Frustrated because of all those things. Those brothers took him and put him in a pit. There he is in this pit. Now, Joseph didn't walk into this pit, but he finds himself in this pit. Needless to say, he experiences the grief of this pit. This pit is a place where most, most anybody typically finds themselves, either they're shoved in or because of a misstep, because of not knowing where to walk or maybe just out of inebriation, maybe out of lack of focus, maybe out of lack of concern, you're in a pit. And finds himself in this place where he can't get out. He's grieved in this moment that because of my steps and because of my walk, I can't go anywhere. Bible goes on, talks about how they pulled him out of that pit. And they sold him into slavery. And when they sold him into slavery, Potiphar bought him up. And now he's in Potiphar's house serving, serving the, the dishes, serving the, the table spread. He's, he's trying to do whatever he can to make his way in this house as a slave in Potiphar's house. But apparently Joseph's pretty handsome. And Potiphar's wife likes Joseph. The Bible goes on and says that Potiphar's wife will kind of make advances to Joseph and get him locked up in a corner and try to take advantage of him and Joseph says, no, <clears throat> that's not who I am in my heart. That's not, I, I, can't, I can't take advantage of you because you are my master's wife. I won't, ha- I won't lay with you. I won't do those things. And the Bible says that he had to flee because she was grabbing after him. And there she grabs and rips off a piece of his material and was able to show the, the, the master of the house, look what Joseph did to me. I was able to fight him off me and I was able to rip this piece off me and look it's his and all this all this moment right here comes to a place where now Joseph finds himself in a prison barred up by by all the other criminals that he's in there and 
I have no doubt Joseph trying to play things back in his life. I didn't deserve to be in that pit. I didn't deserve to be pushed down in that place. I didn't deserve to be sold and mistreated by my own kin. My own brothers sold me into slavery. I did what was right in Potiphar's house. I, I ran away from indecency, immorality. I ran away from those things, but still it grabbed a hold of me. And now I'm, I'm in this place where I can't move. I'm immobile. My, my, I'm telling you right now, the, the bars were one thing that he had to deal with, but the, the prison of the mind was another thing he had to deal with. How did I get here? How did I get into this place? Why, Lord, are you doing this to me? And grief begins to take over his life. Every problem he dealt with, the pit, Potiphar's house, and prison, all those moments of grief all had an outcome. We know how he would share his revelations of the dreams he would hear. and Well, there he was with the, the baker, the candlestick maker, and all those other ones in there. One of them have a dream and talk about being put back into a position of, of authority in the palace. And when they left that imprisonment, Joseph says, remember me. Remember me, and if you could, I, you know it's, I'm in here, it's unjust. You could share my name to somebody and plead my case. And that guy forgot about him. Right. There he is, still dwelling in a prison. Time is going by, and man, grief is just, just multiplying over and over and over. Then finally, finally, the release happens. Pharaoh has a dream that, that no one could really understand except a guy in prison. And so they come get Joseph and they get him out. But I'm making this point to us today. Amos wanted us to know this. Woe to them that are ease in Zion. This place of relaxation, a place of just sitting back and taking it easy. How did, how did the people of God get to this place? How did the people of God get to a place of excess and just drinking wine out of bowls and anointing their head with all sorts of ointment and forgetting about the grief of Joseph? See, they forgot about pits and they forgot about Potiphar's house and they forgot about prisons. They forgot about the grief because all they cared about is that they're living in palaces. They're all loving the fact that they're no longer in pits. They're no longer in Potiphar's grips. There ain't, there ain't no prison bars around them anymore. All they care about is the Egyptian cotton they're swallowed up in. And I say this to us today. When that mentality gripped a hold of them, Amos says captivity came upon them. They were the first to go captive. They were the first to get, to, to, to get a part of this taste of what real captivity looks like because they lost their fight. They lost, they lost the reason they were in palaces to begin with. They forgot that, you know what? It matters where I walk. It matters where I step. It matters. Um, I hope you understand this. I keep, keep yourself out of a pit today. Keep yourself out of sin. Keep yourself out of a thing that entangles you and grips your life and steals from you, kills you, and destroys you. Keep yourself out of a pit. Don't forget where God has brought some of you from. Don't forget about the walk you used to walk or the talk you used to talk. That old man, what a lesson we heard today. Amen. My God, that old man that, that used to be in that pit, that, that, that ditch of life that found itself down there because you've stopped caring, stopped walking a, a righteous life, a sober life. See, it's the grief that we forget that we obtain in our pits of life. It's the grief that we forget in, in the sins of immorality that we found ourselves in Potiphar's house. I'm telling you what happens about immorality. As much as you don't want it, it's still going to rip a piece off you. <sighs> Bible's pretty clear, you know, flee what? Fornication. Yeah. Every sin that the body does, it says it goes on. It's, it's got its problems, but something different about immorality. It affects you differently. It changes you. It, it grabs a hold of you. Even Joseph in his purity, even Joseph in, in, his, in his righteousness couldn't escape impurity's hand. Immorality grabbed a hold of him and proved that he was in the same room with her. 
There's a difference between really flee. That's why, that's why the apostle said flee. You, 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 I don't care how spiritual you are. Right. You, you, I don't care if you're the, the pope himself. I don't care if you got the fancy weird hat. I don't care if you, you have multiple angels you know, helping you levitate off the ground. You can't fight fornication. You can't fight immorality and impurity. You've got to run from it. You've got to displace yourself from that sin. That's the only way you deal with it. You, you completely run. If you're in a relationship with somebody right now you can't control, it's time to break up. Amen. It's time to break that relationship up and, and really you don't even have to leave the Dear John letter. Just get out there. Don't, don't waste any time. Don't, don't try to you know grab your toothbrush. Leave it. Buy another one. Get out of that place in your walk with God and remove yourself and get away because what happens is, is that you're forgetting the grief of what immorality does. Steals from you. It lies from you. It it tears away at your soul. It it cheats you. You you are never the owner of the house. You're always the servant of the house. We forget those grieving moments and especially, unfortunately, we forget the prison bars around our life. We forget the cold steel that, uh, 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 that does not allow us to move in freedom. We forget, we forget the fact that God has set me free and I am free indeed. Amen. We forget those things in the grief and here we are behind bars. And we're, uh, what kills us is the confusion on why we're not free. What kills us is the fact we'll come to church over and over again, pray breakthrough, have an incredible service. God will move mightily on our hearts, walk right back out still behind prison. I'm telling you right now, do not forget the grief that God brought you from. Do not forget the grief of Joseph in your walk with God. Because if you start to forget, here comes real captivity. Church, this is, this, is, this is a time right now where we have to grab a hold of what's really important, what's really, what really, really matters in life. I, I, I'm going to tell you this. I'm, I'm grateful, man. When, when Brother Heyer just opened up that moment to give and he, he made that strong point that giving is a matter of the heart, God pricks me in that moment. And he pricked me in that moment. And he made me remember where he brought me from. He remembered how God's so good to me. I had a conversation with a pastor friend of mine. He's he's uh, he's got a nice uh, Toyota pickup truck, and he's thinking about selling it. And he's thinking about selling it for a quick flip because right now, I don't know if you keep keep up with these things. The, there's not a lot of trucks on the market. There's there's a shortage in vehicles. And what you bought your vehicle for, most if you don't understand this, you could get uh, probably forty percent increase right now for it. And that's a big deal because cars depreciate as soon as you drive them off the block, right? So he says, do you think I should sell it? I could probably make $10,000 in profit. And I said to him, I said, man, that's awesome. I said, um, but I, you've got to be someone who, uh, who you used to be. And I said, um, remember when we were in Bible college together? I would have loved to have driven a $10,000 vehicle. I drove a $500 vehicle. I, I, I went on to tell my story about the vehicle I drove. I drove a $500 vehicle that earlier that summer I got, I got wrecked in the side of me. And instead of taking the money to fix it, I just beat out the wheel well of, of my wheel so it would turn in the back, in the back. And I drove that thing six hours to school and I took that money and I, and I paid off school bills. And I said, I would, thank God I had a girlfriend because I would drive her car around because it was so embarrassing. This thing was so embarrassing. It was so ugly, but it drove. And so I just thought to myself, man, I could, I'm telling you right now, I bought a $500 vehicle and the insurance paid me $2,500. It was making me money. I just couldn't put it back in the $500 vehicle. I told my friend all that. I'm like, we used to be okay with driving $500 vehicle because that's, I remember who I used to be. And when God gripped me right there in the moment, right before giving, he reminds me, he says, you know what? I brought you a long way. 
I don't ever want you to lose sight of where you've come from. Don't ever lose sight of what you used to drive. Don't ever lose, don't ever lose sight of where you used to be addicted to. Don't ever lose sight of where God has pulled you from. Be still in touch with the grief of Joseph. Because if you're in touch with the grief of Joseph, you're connected with remembering. And if you're connected with remembering, you're connected with a redeemer. And if you're connected to a redeemer, a redeemer will say so. I'll tell you something. The greatest threat to the church is the issue of ease. We are intoxicated by it. We love getting to a certain... I'm, I'm, I'm bearing myself right now to you. I, I'm telling you right now, this pastor of going on six years, five or six years, uh, the grind I used to have is different. God quickened my spirit. He said, oh, you used to, used to grind a little bit harder, a little bit differently. You wanted to get this church to a certain point. It ain't time to take it easy. Woe to them that are at ease, he says. God quickened my spirit in my time of repentance. And I, I realized, oh my God, don't ever let me forget that we came into this place without a platform. Don't ever let me forget we used to press the play button for our worship songs. Don't ever let me forget that we used to scrape by to pay every single light bill in this house. Don't let me forget that, God. Because when I forget those things, I take it easy. I relax. And when I relax, I find myself in captivity. This church cannot afford to be like other churches. I'm telling you right now, success isn't in square footage. Success isn't in the, the, the special lights. Success isn't in the bank account of how, how much that church has. It's not, it's, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't care. We put these, these messages on podcasts. I don't care if someone from Shandon Baptist gets this. I'm telling you right now, we've got more power in this church that church down there. And I'm not trying to pick a fight. I'm not. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to be real with you and tell you what it's about. It's about getting a hold of God. It's about His power. It's about the blood of Jesus. It's about the Holy Ghost inside of you. It's about laying hands on people and the sick recover. Oh my God. We can't, we can't be a church that looks so big and so nice, but be so captivated. My God, we, God, we need a sobering. Peter would say it this way in 1 and 13. Wherefore, gird up your loins of your mind. Come on, get your mind ready. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He goes on in 4 and 7. He says this, but the end of all things is at hand. I, I hope you realize that. <laughs> Turn the news on. Read a paper. It's at hand. We're, we're at the place where patty cake worship and praise ain't going to do it. It ain't, it ain't time to listen to the lullaby. It's time to be there for sober watch unto prayer he says in 5 and 8 familiar text be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking he who may devour he's seeking the sleepy he's seeking the easy woe to them that are at ease Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica 5 and 6 therefore let us not sleep as do others. <laughs> There's some people right now around you. They're loving their lullaby. But let's not sleep like them. Let's not rest like them. Let us watch and be sober. He tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and 5, But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. That's what I'm trying to get to us today. It is time for us to exercise evangelism in the house of God. It's time for us to preach truth. It's time to us. It's time to teach Bible studies over and over and over again. Your pastor shouldn't be the only Bible study teacher in the church. 
It's time to invite somebody. Grab a card. Invite. Knock on a door. Pick up the phone. Text somebody. Say, I thought of you. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Come to church with me. Get right with God with me. I'm not perfect. Help us get perfected together. Oh, make full proof of thy ministry. I love how he says that. That's that's full proof right there. That is that is. I've got chinks in my armor. I ain't gonna lie to you. I've got errors, but I'm working on it. I'm trying to get to a place where I I don't forget what he's done for me. Where I'm not put into a place of ease. Where I remember what he's done. Let's all stand. Paul. I love the relationship he has with Timothy. I'm, I'm encouraged by Paul's relationship. That's probably the thing that really stretches me the most as a minister and a pastor is, 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 is trying to know, trying to stay connected to you guys without being a stalker to you guys. <laughs> Not trying to look at your Facebook and just tell you what that's one thing I learned as a young youth pastor Facebook just came out that kind of dates me by the way I learned this about Facebook and it's still the same today people put their truth out there people do not care people will say whatever they want on Facebook and they typically say their deepest darkest hurts and feelings and I remember as a young person trying to lead young people that man why wouldn't they just come talk to me before they post it why would they I would shake my head and say don't they realize their parents have Facebook I would be like this is 101 stuff you don't do I thought to myself, man, what is it about that format or that forum where we just feel at ease to release ourselves and be completely open and vent? And I understand this, that it's just, there's there's a weight we all have. Sometimes we're bottled up with these feelings and these hurts and the only way we know how to say it, unfortunately, is on a forum instead of an altar. And I, I, I... Sometimes it's deeper than that. It's because they find that release on a phone with their thumbs because they attend a church without any power. They attend a church that's locked up in captivity that can't really be a house of redemption and a house of healing and a house of peace and a house of rest and a house of love. They, they don't attend a church like that. Sometimes I look at other people, I think, oh, well, shame on you, but no, no, I've got to put the mirror in front of me. I say, shame on me. I've, I've taken it easy for too long. I've rested for too long. Now's not the time. But I love the relationship that Paul has with Timothy. It's such an involved relationship that he says this in chapter 1, the second letter he sends in verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Louise, and thy mother, Eunice, I am persuaded that it's in thee also. And this is what he says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance. You need to remember. You need to stir up the sediment in your life. You need to recall. You need to not forget something. I hope you remember that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. I love this. I never thought about this until this morning, until I was praying about today, and God showed me this. But he says, but there's three things he's given us here. Power, love, a sound mind. Let me tell you how you get yourself out of, pot, out of a pit with power. Let me tell you how you, how you flee immorality and lust with love. Let me tell you how you break free from the prison 
sound mind. These are the things that Joseph dealt with, but God has given us the gifts to get out of those things. He says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Church, this is high time where we talk about what he's done for us. This is not the time to forget where he, he's brought us from. This is not the time to just say, you know what? I've earned my time to put up my feet and to put my head back and to take my hands off the wheel and let it ride me and drive me. No, it's the time to work while it's still day. We got to work. It's still day. There's coming a time where no man can work. Where the sun will set and judgment will come. My God, you will, you will have a fear that will overcome your heart like never before. You will have a sobering like never before because it'll be it will come to your forefront of your mind that this is real. Yes, God, yes, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I I hope you hear me today, people. I we get to, to places where we pat ourselves on the back sometimes. We pamper ourselves. We say, good job. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We like to boast about ourselves sometimes when we walk out of service like today and say, man, did I pray good. No. I'm, I'm reminded by a text that I quickly put down here, and I, I just want to read it because it sobers me. People who I admire so, so much. I, I, I lost my bishop not too many, too many weeks ago, and I, I was able to go to his funeral, and I began to just kind of dwell on just the mass amount of good things he's done. I think to myself, wow, God, help me to follow after. Help me to... Wow, that's, that's, that's so impressive what he's done for you, God. I, I think to myself, man, if I ever see anybody in heaven, I want to see him in heaven. I, I feel that way. Sometimes I think and I correlate that with my own walk with God. If, if I can just check off these boxes, if I can pastor a church who loves God, I'll make heaven. If I teach another Bible study, I'll make heaven. If I, if I do these good works, I'll make heaven. I'm just telling you how I'm, I'm, I'm coping with some things here. Sober, just this sobering scripture comes to me, and this is, this is from Paul. He writes to the Corinthian church in 15 and 52. He says, in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immorality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. This is, this is where the preacher in the, in the text gets preachery. He's like, oh, death, where is thy sting? Death, he's talking about it. Where is that sting of yours? He's, I don't feel it. He says, oh, grave, where is thy victory? He says, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But he doesn't stop here and say, take it easy. <laughs> Relax. This is how he ends his epistle here. 
He says, therefore, my beloved brother, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'm reminded today, it ain't time to take it easy. It ain't time to coast on your pastor's relationship. It's time for you to get back to that place of grief and say, God, thank you. It's my gratitude that wells up inside of me. Oh, God, I, I don't know what it is lately. I've been waking up from a recurring dream. It's not so much a dream, but just a, a, a moment in my memory where I was living in Tallahassee and I was unhappy with the work I was doing, working a, a job that was very hard and arduous. And I remember what comes back to my, my memory is the morning routine, fueling up construction trucks and feeling the cold air and being cold and trying to stay warm and I remember this like man the memory that I keep having this return memory back is going inside the gas station and buying those goodie powders how many of you uh, an apostle of the goodie powder right? <laughs> I'd buy one of those every single morning I'd buy my cup of coffee I'd have my goodie powder I'd drink my coffee and that truck would just rumble and I try to work the fog and try to defog the windshield and I remember just driving and leaving and pulling out of that gas station that's the memory I keep having and I remember pulling out in, in traffic and getting on my day and I remember what the memory that comes back to me was the hardship was knowing that this is going to be a tough day and then when I wake up from that memory and I wake up in coziness and I wake up next to my lovely wife and I wake up in a heated home and I th there's not that pushing me out the door to do that I'm like my God you brought me such a long way I don't want to ever be in ease I don't want to ever get to a place where I said yeah I've earned it until this corruption is put on in corruption. Until this mortal uh, is put on immortality. I gotta keep on moving. I gotta keep on staying steadfast. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. I can't ever let it be uh, said to me that everything I do for God is in vain. It isn't in vain. Every time you come to God, it's not in vain. Every Bible study you teach, it's not in vain. I'm, I hope you. I hope church get a get a hold of this with me today. I want to ask us right now to bow every head, and close every eye right now. God work in me. God work in me. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 